Now, quarter to date, so which is July to present, both Century Year's Growth and Income Fund and the S&P 500 are up about 6%. What worked during the, the third quarter so far? So uh, what started to work in the third quarter is the, the breadth of this market recovery is starting to widen. And, and so that's, that's been uh, really positive for us, and we're optimistic that can continue. Uh, we're looking for the names now where you have the same secular tailwinds, but they're not being priced like kind of the, the market darlings. Uh, so we own UPS, um, but our view is that they should be able to benefit um, from the same trends that's driving Amazon and Amazon 75 times uh, earnings multiple um, because frankly, if it has to get delivered, probably is going to go through UPS, especially now with UPS's near exclusive relationship with Amazon. And UPS is only trading at 17 times earnings. They added a new CEO from, uh, who, she actually used to be the CFO at uh, Home Depot. Uh, she came highly renowned. And um, frankly, you're already starting to see uh, her presence there. The execution's been better. And, and yes, surprise, surprise, the volumes have well exceeded expectations. So we, we, this is the type of names we're looking for now in the portfolio, is we're looking for kind of these I would describe as second derivative names. And so UPS worked out really well um, quarter to date. Okay, that's great. Can you highlight some some names that you bought or sold during the quarter as well? Sure. So a, a recent buy for us uh, following uh, their quarter, which they missed, is uh, Baxter. Uh, so at Century, we do have a watch list and we update it um, pretty frequently. We send it out once a week to the team. And, and so Baxter has been on this watch list for a long time. Um, we thought valuation was a bit expensive, um, but we thought it was just a phenomenal company. So they make um, medical fluids. Um, so one, pot, one um, I guess, well-known product line for them is, is fluids for dialysis treatment. And so we would expect or quantify about 98% of their business um, or their products or consumables. Um, and so with that, make, it creates a very stable uh, business. And uh, to demonstrate how stable it is, um, the expectations going into the second quarter um, was that they would be able to grow their top line 1%. And that, that's despite hospitals canceling all elective surgeries for the most part and many other med tech peers being showing revenue to clients of 20 30%. So extremely stable business. And the market kind of rewarded that with a really um, generous multiple, I, I would say. Um, but what happened is they actually reported the quarter and their top line was negative 1%. So to me, this is very small miss. Um, but in the U.S., especially when your multiple is, is well, well valued, um, you see significant drawdowns in those type of names. And so we, we look at that as quite temporary uh, from speaking with management. It looks like kind of the Delta there. Part of it is um, a lot of hospitals due to the kind of the importance of these fluids actually built inventory in Q1 um, ahead, just to be kind of safe because they didn't want to run out. And so they were working down some inventories in Q2 and then also, um, they do have some exposure to kind of elective procedures, which was a little bit more of a headwind than maybe some of the analysts had um, kind of put into their models. But regardless, we don't think this changed kind of the thesis around Baxter at all, but it did change the price and it created a, a margin of safety where we felt comfortable um, acquiring shares. Uh, so we think um, we were able to kind of similarly, as I talked about with, with Apple and um, Amazon um, earlier in like March and April, when they saw a drawdown and we were able to acquire shares at attractive prices, we think we're doing the same thing right now with Baxter. So uh, we do like to be patient and kind of wait in the wings and be contrarian. And we think Baxter is going to ultimately turn out to be a, a great acquisition for the portfolio. On the sell side, we um, are selling our position in SLM. Um, 
So uh, SLM is kind of Sally Mae. They do uh, private student lending. Uh, we do think there's still a lot of positives here. It is cheap. Um, you have Wells Fargo kind of exiting the market. So there should be some market share up for grabs. However, we do have concerns just heading to the fall. You do have election risk. Um, there's always policy. It always becomes kind of a policy um, headline, you know, I guess, uh, thing where like all the politicians will talk about how they're going to make school more affordable and how they're going to change some of the lending practices and, and things like that. Um, so we, we think that will continue to be a risk. Um, we do have some worries, frankly, about um, default risk as government subsidies roll off um, for some of the kind of graduates who um, have a lot of student debt in the U.S. And then also we just we do view some headwinds to uh, loan growth, considering maybe some students are scared to go back to school in the fall. Maybe some fall classes get canceled. Um, so we just look at that and we think it's just a harder setup um, for the name relative to other uh, businesses that we can deploy the capital into. So um, we're going to exit that. I, I would also mention um, we are trimming a few of these kind of higher multiple uh, stocks, uh, Visa, MasterCard could be a, an example where we still really like the businesses. We still, they continue to be core holdings, but we think on the margin, we can do a little bit better um, on a value basis by say trimming some of those names and adding to Pfizer, which I talked about earlier, that still would have the same trends. So um, I would describe those kind of more the portfolio maintenance um, decisions. And then SLM is more kind of a, um, a change of thesis uh, decision. Okay, that's great. This podcast is provided as a general source of information and should not be considered personal, legal, accounting, tax, or investment advice, or construed as an endorsement or recommendation of any entity or security discussed. Investors should seek the advice of professionals prior to implementing any changes to their investment. Certain statements in this podcast are forward-looking that are predictive in nature, depend upon, or refer to future events or conditions. Forward-looking statements are subject to risks, uncertainties, and assumptions that could cause actual results to differ materially from those set forth. Although the forward-looking statements contained herein are based upon what CI Global Asset Management and the Portfolio Manager believe to be reasonable assumptions, neither CI Global Asset Management nor the Portfolio Manager can assure that actual results will be consistent with these forward-looking statements. Certain statements contained in this podcast are based in whole or in part on information provided by third parties, and CI Global Asset Management has taken reasonable steps to ensure their accuracy. Market conditions may change, which may impact the information contained in this podcast. Commissions, trailing commissions, management fees, and expenses all may be associated with mutual fund investments. Please read the prospectus before investing. The indicated rates of return are the historical annual compounded total returns net of fees and expenses payable by the fund, including changes in security value and reinvestment of all dividends or distributions, and do not take into account sales, redemption, distribution, or optional charges or income taxes payable by any security holder that would have reduced returns. Mutual funds are not guaranteed. Their values change frequently, and past performance may not be repeated.